Blog Talk Radio. Quiet, please. provide you with guests and information you're going to want to have, whether you're a filmmaker or a fan. And so now let's move behind the scenes here at Movie Beat. First, I want to tell you that my guest I'm excited about having today is Mr. Colin Ferguson. He's an actor, director, producer on Sci-Fi's Eureka, the TV series. And we'll be uh, talking with him in just a moment. But first, I want to thank all of my listeners and readers for tuning in and for spreading the word about Movie Beat to your friends and your industry connections. And for your emails, your phone calls, your feedback and support, the official website is rexsikes.com. That's my name, Rex Sykes, Movie Beat. And Movie Beat is really designed to be a resource for you, and that is why I connect you up with professionals who are making it happen. We pull back the veil. We uh, expose the inner workings of television and movies and web series, and we discuss the nuts and bolts with producers, directors, celebrities, script supervisors, grips, gaffers, cinematographers, casting directors, agents, you name it, all the people involved in the manufacture of uh, entertainment or, for that matter, documentary content. Uh, you can subscribe to the official Movie Beat website on uh, the welcome page using the RSS feed, and that way you'll always be updated to changes in cast and crew listing events, uh, my upcoming guests, and articles, of course, on the website. So if you're listening to this live, please go ahead, friend us, follow us, join us in the chat room. The chat room is open. Make us a favorite. During the show, you can tweet comments about my guest, uh, you know, uh, important points that the guests make. You can leave comments right there at the uh, uh, at the chat room, we always appreciate that. And these, all of these interviews are stored at the interviews blog. They're archived after they go live on the interviews blog at rexsykes.com. You can listen to them anytime, 24-7. They're also available as podcasts. The name of the show, again, is Rex Sykes Movie Beat. And there you can subscribe. You can get all 180 hours of, of uh, uh, celebrities and movie makers um, right there available for you. So uh, go ahead and do that. When you're there, rate and review the shows at the podcast as well. Without any real further ado, I'm going to bring my guest on after I tell you a little bit about him. I know you know who he is, but actor, director, producer Colin Ferguson stars as Federal Marshal Jack Carter in the highly acclaimed sci-fi hit dramedy, Eureka, which has been called a cross between Northern Exposure and Desperate Housewives. The show debuted as the highest-rated premiere in the channel's history. The New York Daily News raves about his performance, says Ferguson's approach to is fluid and funny enough to make it all work. He enjoys working on the cable series uh, because of the hybrid tone of drama mixed with the quirky comedy elements. And the, the fourth season premiered uh, this July. He's... Uh, was a founding member of Detroit's Second City franchise, which he ultimately left to go back to university and, and finish his degree, and he worked a, very, a variety of occupations before uh, turning to acting full-time. And we're going to discuss all of this with Colin uh, in just a moment. I'm going to see if he's here now. Um, Colin, are you, 
Colin, yeah, are you there? I'm here. Hey, Ben, how are you doing? How you doing? I'm all right, thanks. I'm great. I hope you're doing well. So um, we are thrilled to have you here. Uh, the listeners know this is one of my favorite shows, and uh, uh, so we're very happy that uh, you're available today. We don't normally do shows on Sundays, but uh, with your busy, busy schedule, we're glad to be able to include it. So tell me, um, can we go back just a little bit before we get into Eureka and talk about uh, how you got started? Sure. Sure, yeah. Uh, how far back do you want to go? You want to go back to like outside the industry getting in, or do you want to go sort of working my yeah, way up? Yeah, let's go. Let's go that route because uh, a lot of my listeners, we've got everybody from you know uh, top A-list you know people to newbies trying to break into the industry either as actors or filmmakers of some sort. And so, being able to to listen to you describe what uh, you did or what might be important is uh, valuable to all. Yeah, um, I guess I started out, uh, you know, not not dissimilar to everybody else, sort of doing in my own hometown, wanting to do little things, but not being sort of able to. I mean, from my my actual beginning was probably um, a buddy of mine wanted to do improv comedy, uh, and I didn't I didn't want to. I was terribly shy. I was a really, really, really shy kid, so that was just a nightmare to me. But I didn't know how to say no to him, so I I go to these things, these, these workshops every weekend and, and, you know, within months, it was me who was the one who was performing in bars and, and doing all that stuff because <laughs> I, seemed, I seemed to have a facility for it. Um, from that from that place, uh, I sort of did that for years and years and years and years, like five years. Uh, that's when the second city came in. I went and did that. Um, and, I, and I decided to sort of make a conscious effort to get into the industry. So, I'm sorry, this is a longer story than I'm, I'm, I usually tell, but... Okay. Um, so I come back to Montreal, which is the city I was living in at the time, and uh, I knew the secretary of a local talent agent. So I would go by three times a week um, at lunch, and I would just sit there in the office um, for hours and hours and hours. And so I think she ultimately took pity on me and um, said, okay, I, I won't represent you, but I'll hip pocket you which is your friends who are trying to get it means basically she'll sort of think about me a bit. I don't even know what it means. Um, Seeing as I've never actually signed a contract with any agent that I've ever had. Uh, It's weird. I have other friends who are like, oh, I have to re-up my agent contract with my manager. You don't, actually. I've never signed a contract with anybody out there. The deal is, for all actors out there, if they don't get you a job within 90 days, you're free to walk. Those are the rules. Of, of agency things. So you don't actually have to sign a contract. If it's not working, you're out anyway. And if they get you a job, if they're anywhere near involved with the job, then you owe them commission. You can't walk on it. So it's, it, the, the rules are pretty clear with a, with, without a contract. That's just That's great advice. Yeah, I mean, you, the problem is people, people come up to the ranks, and I have a lot of friends and, and people that I know who come up, and they you know, said, oh, yeah, but I had to sign a three-year contract. A th- are you great? I mean, you have to because they want to lock you in and they won't wrap you. And I get their angle. Their angle is, look, I don't want to dump a bunch of effort into you, and then all of a sudden you turn around a year later and go, oh, I'm going with a bigger agency. I mean, you know, they're trying to secure that you're going to be there for a while, which is all they're trying to do. They're trying to make you make a commitment. But just know that contract is not valid. If they don't get you a job for 90 days, you can just walk. Um, so there's that. Again, um, no, that's, that's excellent advice. I'm glad you brought that up. Thank you. Oh, cool. Uh, that, that's, I'm, I'm, I love your show, by the way, uh, the, this whole concept of, of 
talking to people about sort of what our day-to-day is, because it's not really represented in the interviews that we do, because no one's really all that interested in it. They're more interested in, in the concept of what our day is as opposed to the reality of what our day is. Oh, um, absolutely. Thank you. Yeah, so I'll be, I'll be ditching for you today. Um, <laughs> so, so basically, the long and short of it is this secretary, this friend of mine, Molly, she gets me, um, she's trying to get me in for this small role in this feature. And uh, this is a fairy tale aspect of it. I go in for the, finally, after a month, she finally gets me in for this small role. I walk in the room and I end up getting the lead of the movie. Wow. Which, which yeah, it doesn't happen. Weird. Told, you know, I had the right person, right time. They couldn't find anyone who would do it. They couldn't find anyone who was right. So it was, it was a complete fluke. And off the, off the strength of that, off the heat of that movie, which didn't go anywhere or do anything, basically, okay, here's the other thing. When you're doing something that has a little heat, move. Uh-huh. Move on it. Because once it comes out, there's no heat. There's nothing. You've got nothing. Everybody wants a piece of something that's going to happen. So the second you're involved with something, that's sort of, oh, it's, you must make your move. So, so um, I moved to L.A. well before the movie came out. And by the time the non-event movie came out, I was already saddled. You know, I had a manager, I had an agent, and I was settled in L.A. Wow. So, um, so the day-to-day life from that point on, you got a movie that you said kind of went nowhere. And yeah. uh, what, did, what did you do to sustain yourself, or how did it go from that point on until you till, – I mean, because you've done a lot of things, I mean, in the in, – in yeah. between – then in, in Eureka, so uh, uh, maybe you could brief us on that. And I want to really ask you, too, you, there, what, what I love, and I think so many people love about your performance, is one, it's absolutely natural, and two, you have a unique ability or knack to have bits of business and, and, and head tilts and expressions and, and looks that, that really demonstrate that there's a life going on inside you. And and uh, along with great comedic timing, I mean, it, it, it's it, and I want to ask you about the, the, those background days at uh, improv and whether that how that may have contributed to to what you do now or or if, if something else you uh, you did or studied or or what you did because you you really do look natural at it and and you offer up so much more than I I, I was watching the finale yesterday and and. Um, with my kids, and, I, and there was just a, a moment that I went, God, that is so brilliant. And, and I'm not blowing smoke at you, Colin. I promise you I'm not. It is something that, <laughs> that, that, that when we've discussed, when friends of mine and actors have discussed you, we, we love what you bring to the table on it, and, and there's so much subtext involved in what you do. And it looks, it looks like, like it's so easy, and I, <laughs> I'm sure it's not, but it looks so easy. Um, well, it, it, it's sort of the culmination of, I guess, a bunch. I mean, if it's uh, first of all, thank you. That's, that's really kind. Um, uh, I, I think if I was to trace it back, you know, you're doing, let's say, you're doing Second City, and you're doing a scripted um, a comedy show, and you're doing it for six months. I mean, you really try to to wring all the juice out of the lemon. On, you know what I mean? Like, like you, like, mm-hmm. like, you know, you really try to to maximize the laughs you can get over the course of. Um, the scene. Now, the premise of Second City is, is uh, a lot of time, or was for me anyway, you know, don't, and this is still something I act by today and direct by, don't, you can't make a joke out of a plot point. Like, if you make a joke out of a plot point, you don't get, you don't get that, that, that drama back. You don't get the episode back. You're trying to hold, you're not trying to hold people for a scene. You're trying to hold people for 45 minutes. So, you know, the second you make a joke out of the stakes of the episode, you're uh-huh. done. You don't, you don't get to 20 minutes later and go, oh, but no, now it's really serious. You're like, you, uh-huh. you know what I mean? You, you can't do that. Right. So 
you have limited places where it's it's where it's okay to make a joke. And um, when you get those places, ring it out. I mean, I mean, do do as much as you can. Now, I'm not saying try everything, but I mean, frequently, you know, I'll go to do a line like a button on the end of a scene, and and um, you do it one way, and you're like, no, that's no, like, hold on, no. You know, and, and you, you've got this, this internal sort of thing going, that's not right. That, what can I squeeze in here? What can I squeeze in? Uh, and most of the time, it's, it's fairly straightforward, but sometimes, like I was doing one yesterday, I was hanging by my neck um, off this thing. I just couldn't I – wanted to, I wanted to tee off the button on the episode by looking to the danger, um, looking back at my obstacle, um, and then comment, commenting on the situation is what, is what I felt in my head I wanted to do. So uh-huh. I tried to do that twice, but the look to the obstacle and the look to the danger made me too aware to get out that line. The line, the line was such a line, I can't say what it is, but sure. the line was, was a line where it was, um, the only way you could get it out is to be sort of disoriented because it's a line that doesn't make a ton of sense, but it's okay if you're disoriented because that's a way to get around. You know what I mean? It was more of a joke than it was a, a, um, a stakes line. So you sort of have to be a sure. little bit out of, to get that out. And I found when I made those two looks, I was too cognizant to then get the line out in any way that was really jokey. So, um, so I sort of had to ditch that idea and play the, the, the being held by my neck thing more, um, which is just to say that, yeah, it's, it's trial and error sometimes, you know, you, you, and you have to have that internal clock of, you know, uh, doing five years of, of eight shows a week comedy, but you know what works at a certain uh-huh. point. The people who haven't done a ton of stage stuff sometimes don't, they haven't, they don't, they don't have that built-in audience going, yeah, that didn't work. I know that didn't work, <laughs> you know, and no harm, no foul. You just try something else. But it, it's, I guess I would trace it back to that, that, that years on the stage going, okay, that confidence you get with, oh, no, I know it works. That works. So let me ask you this. In the confines of the show, because you have a certain, you know, production schedule, and I, I don't know, I actually don't know what you're shooting on. Are you shooting on, on like, Super 16 or digital or – or film, oh, yeah. or shooting, shooting on HD. We use the FN camera with the Genesis um, uh, um, software. So we okay. have the Genesis software on the FN camera. We also have a DIT who crushes the black and deals with the color, you know, on a shot-by-shot basis uh-huh. right there with. And um, yeah, I mean, it's 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 HD. So, but but given the confines of of the production, the, the schedule of the day, I mean, you're still on a on a particular shot ratio, or they just can you just wing it till you get it right, or or do you have you know okay we have you know three takes we can do in this or, or how how are you, how how is how is your performance either I guess restricted or maybe it isn't by um, uh, it, the it, technology. I mean, this, at this point, I don't have to restrict it if I don't want to, but I know that if I don't restrict my performance, who am I to turn to everybody else and say we have to move? Right. So Good I do. Point. I give myself one take. Um, wow. I might hit I might hit hit the line a couple times in that take. I might go hold on, go back, keep rolling, go back, hold on, keep back, you know. And then if I really blow it, I'll say, can I have one more? And when I have one more, I'll give it one more shot. If I miss it on that one shot, I've missed it. Wow. It's not. It's not. It's just a rule because, and it's also it's also for mental health because you can, if you and odds are you've done it better than you think you did. You know, but odds, but uh, if you give yourself all sorts of latitude and all day to get the line, you'll just drive yourself crazy. Well, like, good, like, yeah, again, that's great. You know, I mean, some of the, some of the nervous energy of oh shoot, this is one take. 
you, you know, that contributes to, to, to something going well. So, so that's what I do for me. But it also it also speaks about the amount of preparation you must have to do in order to to, to put it on on that one take. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, there's also you know you you've run it in rehearsal. Um, we take our rehearsals seriously. Uh, I've been on I've been on a lot of shows where they sort of phone in their rehearsals. They'll be like, well, you know, whatever, something like this. We do it. I do it anyway. I do the rehearsal properly because that's that's a testing ground. Um, I do, and then they, they light it. So obviously you, you rehearse it, you decide where all your marks are based upon what everyone's thinking, and then you come back after it's lit and you rehearse it again, um, and then you, you shoot. Uh, sometimes you don't even rehearse it again. So that, that rehearsal is, is everything. Um, and based upon the information that I receive in my head from that rehearsal, we're like, oh, okay, they're standing there. Okay, what? They're doing it like that? Okay, the light's here. Okay, huh, camera's there. Didn't think that. All right, well, then the move's going to have to be something like this, okay, you know, and if I can't figure it out right then, then that time in between the first blocking and the shooting, I'm working it out in my head, sort of going, okay, so how can I, I'll try that, you know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So during the, so, so when they're lighting it and, and, and prepping it, then, then you, you can use it, and sometimes they'll come back and tweak, and sometimes they won't, you know, they'll come back and, yeah. and, and just shoot. Okay. Yeah, because you Could have you? five or ten. I mean, you have five or ten minutes in between, a minimum, I mean, Rick's really fast. Um, Rick McGuire, our DP, who's been with us since the beginning, he's amazing. So he's really fast. So you, you got to be, you got to be on it. Well, the, it 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 is amazing. I mean, in discussing this with you, because the show really looks, you know, seamless. I mean, when right. when we no, when we watch it at home, I mean, the the performances, the uh, the the, I mean, just. You would, I mean, I wouldn't think that it would have been that compressed, that you would be under, I guess, in some ways, that much pressure, you know, as we discussed a moment ago, like one or two takes to, to get it right. But uh, uh, so that's, uh, you know, fascinating information to, to, to hear. Um, could you, would you walk us through a little bit of the day, then how you show up on the set, what, what kind of, uh, what, what kind of makes the day in terms of, of, of uh, your shooting schedule and, and maybe what's important in that. Uh, we're, later we're going to get into, you know, the idea of this is a high-tech show, you know, and a lot of tech gadgets, and, and you and I discussed something earlier about which I want to bring up to you, but um, or the other day, but uh, uh, can you can you give the listeners a little bit of an idea of what it's like to, to, to live a series the way you do? Um, sure, yeah. Uh, the day-to-day, the quicker answer on living a series is that it's, it's – uh, Living a sitcom is sort of an emotional grind until the show's off the air and then it's a, uh, until the show's sort of running and then it's just a dream because it's, it's so easy. Uh, living a, a one-hour drama or, you know, dramatic comedy like we have is a marathon. It's, it's a physical grind by the end of it. It's, you know, we're, we're a show that we don't have, we don't shoot very long every day. We shoot for like 13 and a half hours. Um, that's, a short di- that's a short day. For, for film, um, right. I know that, you know, Human Target shooting right now, they're pre-approved for 16-hour camera days. Wow. That's, wow. that's an hour and a half each side of that. So you're doing 19 hours every day. Uh, and and it's, it's, it's a grind by the end of the week. You, can, you get into more fights with your girlfriend come <laughs> Thursday, Friday, when uh-huh. you're just emotionally zapped. And, and it, it's, 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 it's a funny thing to say, but at the same time, it's very real for all of us. 
um, it's very real for our lives, and you end up sort of having to sort of go, okay, it's Thursday. You're probably not mad. You're probably just exhausted, you know, and, and, and trying to keep your life going. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a tough one. Um, so the day-to-day is, you know, I get to work. Um, I, I go to my trailer, which is, which is um, the reason we have trailers is so that there's, you know, you can, um, it's not for some sort of star treatment. It's uh, the reason why actors have trailers is because that's where the wardrobe goes, and that's where you get changed. And um, then you go to set, you know, and, and the reason why you see actors with umbrellas over their heads is for the wardrobe and the makeup and the hair. It's not to keep the actor dry. No one re- if an actor could get wet and the wardrobe stay dry, an actor would be wet. <laughs> make, make, no, make no mistake. Um, so we, we go to set, which is uh, we shoot five on, two off, which is five on uh, the stages, two off on location on average. So usually we go to the stages and then you have your side in your hand. Um, and you get there, and the director, the directors I like, say, "Right, here are your marks. Here's the plan," and they throw them right down there without you. Um, every actor is different. Everyone has a different process. This is the process that I like. Um, some actors like to find their own blocking. For me, that takes too much time. I don't want. I don't. I don't want to know. I want the director to come in with a plan, and then if it doesn't work, we adjust from there. But at least we all have a common ground from which we're adjusting. So he'll throw down a bunch of marks, and we'll say, "Okay, great." You know, we'll, we'll run them, and usually it works fine. But if it doesn't, we go, okay, we, we see what you're trying to do. Can we adjust it here and here? Does that keep the integrity of what you want? And that gives us what we need. Great, let's shoot it. That's, that's, and then I go for processing, which means while Rick is lighting, I'm in hair and makeup, um, you know, doing what they do. And then in wardrobe, I'm going to come back and we shoot. And then we do average, um, we have two cameras, and we average, we try to average about 50 you know, 45, 50 setups a day. Uh, some are fast, they do more. Some are slow, they do less. But it's over a 12-hour day, you do 45, 50 setups, and you better tell your story in 45 setups. Wow, that is amazing, an amazing schedule. And and then somebody in the chat room said, you do this when you say five on and, and two off this, uh, two, five in the studio and two in the on, on location on a practical that you are seven days a week you're working the show? Um, we did, uh, we don't need more. Uh, there, there was a period of time a couple of years ago when, because of, you know, scheduling and trying to save money and all that stuff, I ended up doing, I guess it was 27 days straight. Uh, and that was, that was too much. That was, you know, at the end of that, I, I did have to go to the powers that be and said, I'm, um, this is Mr. Rad. I'm simply not strong enough. I'm, I'm, you know. I'm, I'm weeping. I'm so tired. My body is so angry with me, like so furious with me that, that I haven't slept really in, in months, um, uh, that I, I need some time off. And that, and they've been great this year. This year, uh, now we do, we're doing more. We used to be a seven day show and we've morphed into, into a six, a six and two, which uh-huh. means, uh, which means six days of a main unit and two days of second unit. Second unit, so we can do six days, and then on day seven, we start the next episode, but we have another unit running, which is shooting other people. So in that way, we save money on the camera packages and the stage rentals and whatnot. Um, and they've, they've, been, they've managed to be able to do that by writing me lighter, which is something I've wanted for a while. Uh, I wanted it because I, I felt the other characters, we had these great characters and these really, really good actors. And this year, they have a voice. They have more yeah. plot. They have more, and there's more... It's more fun. There's more intercutting between plot between plots, and it saves us in the editing room. It saves us in production, and it, so it's, it's been a win-win change for us. 
And so all that's come about because of that structural change, which stems from me wanting more time off. It sort of created this whole other world for us accidentally. Wow. Um, I, I, I mean, there's so much to follow up on that, but I, I want to ask you uh, two things. One, one uh, somebody has emailed me and said, okay, so you're working these enormous hours, and the, 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 even whether it's a six-day or seven-day or whatever, uh, with time off, how, how, do you, how, do you, how do you have any kind of personal life? You know, you how do you go to the gym? You, okay, well. Well, you, you have to go to the gym because it's, I, I see that as part of my job. So I make it to the gym. Uh, do I want to go to the gym? No. Let me be very clear. I mean, the last, the last thing I want to do at, you know, 10 o'clock at night after working for, you know, 14 hours is, is go to the gym. But, but it's, uh, I promise myself that I go once on the weekend and I go once during the week. Because I, wow. I know I can make it once on the weekend, and I know at some point during the week I, I'll, I'll be able to do it. So, I, and I'll, I might cheat. I might not do any cardio. I'll just do, uh, like, maybe an hour of, of weight. Um, so, so that's sort of how I try to work that part of it. But, no, I've never had a girlfriend that, that survived. Uh, wow. uh, every single girlfriend has, has uh, either come to her senses, you know, you know like right. a couple months. And, and God bless them. I mean, like, this this – we're super great sweet girl I was dating she she turned to me at one point you know on on some weekend uh and she said I'm so sorry I can't do this I I don't see you I can't contact you I can't I have a life in another city I I simply can't do this and and there's there's nothing really you can say I I, you know you sort of turn to her and go like I completely understand I I wish I I wish it was different but I'm on a I'm on a six-year contract and and this isn't going to change so, so it's hard on me that way. I'm actually oh, I'm yeah. nursing myself through a heartbreak right now. So, uh, yeah, it's, no, it's a tough one. Yeah, and, and uh, I mean that is. I mean I understand that. I mean that, that's uh, it is. It's heartbreaking to hear it too because I think most people think, you know, if you're an actor and you're you know a lead in a series and it's you know you're in your going into your fifth season that it's just got to be fantastic all the way around and they don't understand the hard hours that you put in and the work and the dedication and, and, and what you've just said now in, in terms of personal life and loss and stuff like that, that, um, you know, I mean, this is, this is probably, uh, in some ways for, for many listeners, kind of a, a wow, <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, you make your sacrifices and, and it's not sour grapes, but I was hanging out with, um, uh, Jared and Jensen and, uh, Misha, the guys on uh, supernatural, um, uh, and Tom, uh, Tom Welling from from Smallville, uh, I guess a couple weekends ago, and what's great about that is you know we can all we can all sit down at the table and I can hear their stories, and I can hear you know the leads of the other shows go oh you know here's here's my world that hurt listen to this you, you know and it's great to commiserate I mean those guys are both married now um, uh, I mean I mean uh, Jared and, and Jensen are both married now and they make they they work nights so they're rapping at five in the morning, six in the morning on Saturday, and they're on that next flight back to Los Angeles to be with their wife for 36 hours and then back to, and then back to Vancouver every single weekend. I mean, they're, they're, I, I, I tip my hat to them. Uh, incredibly dedicated and, and they want to make their marriage work. And that's the way it works is by not resting. Oh, it's amazing. And, you know, I understand that John Mahoney, when he was doing Fraser, would leave L.A., you know, each weekend, too, and, and fly back to Chicago, uh, where his family and life was. And, and what an incredible 
you know, I mean, traveling today is not fun. I mean, it's, it's, no. that in and of itself is a is a is a, a horrible process. So to have to do that every weekend a couple times is 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 not. Uh, a desirable thing. Well, somebody asked in the chat room, they said, does being ridiculously exhausted in this way, and, and I guess with your personal life, does it make it easier to shift between emotions for different scenes? Uh, and that's the question from a chat room. Yeah, I, I would say, interestingly, yeah, that's actually pretty astute. Uh, yeah, um, you're so, your barriers aren't there. Um, you don't have the energy to be nervous, so, which is usually the biggest barrier or the first barrier. I mean, that's gone. You, you, I mean, you just don't be, to be nervous about a take. You got to be kidding. You're, you're, you're so tired. You're, you know. Um, so yeah, I would imagine being a little broken down helps helps accessing uh, different things. I wouldn't advise it as a technique. Uh, I think there are, there are smarter ways. If, if you're, you know, if you have to do a big scene, I wouldn't stay up all night. I'd get a good night's rest and and deal with your demons uh, as they present themselves on that day. Um, but yeah, I I, I think it helps. Um, it's fun to watch your cicadic rhythms sort of over the course of the day. You know, you'll eat a meal or whatever, and a couple hours later you'll, you'll just be bottoming out in the middle of a take. And uh, someone will come over and go, they'll go, are you okay? And you're like, yeah. I mean, I used, you know, used to panic or whatnot. But you say, no, give me 20. I mean, keep shooting. Keep shooting, but in 20 minutes I'll be fine. You just find yourself, and you, and you can feel it, and you go, oh, I'm coming back out of it. Okay, I'll be fine. Here I am. And you come, you, it's the natural rhythms of day. And you just watch your day go up and down. And, uh, and they're able to, to, to uh, kind of turn on that and, and, and do something else in the meantime? Oh, no, you, you're, you're shooting. You. Or, or you're no, taking a 20-minute break, huh? No, no, there's no 20-minute break. There's no, the worst that it gets, like on the worst day of the worst day, um, you, your blood sugar drops and you're, you just can't remember your lines, and it's stuff that you know cold. So the worst that it gets is you go, is you go, okay, I just need five minutes. I just need five minutes. I'm going to go grab service. I'm going to get some chocolate. I'll be right back. Give me, just, give me some air. And uh, you do walk away for two minutes or three minutes, and you sort of shake your head outside in the rain, and you go, okay, back in. We can do this. And then you go back in, and you get wow. it done. Wow. Colin, uh, this has been really enjoyable. I've got to take a short uh, intermission break here, kind of for station identification. Uh, we'll be back in, in about a minute. So if you don't mind hanging out, uh, you're listening to RexSykes.com. That's Rex Sykes Movie Beat, the official website. My upcoming guests are Christopher Lockhart. He's the story editor with the William Morris Endeavor. He'll be here next. Then Jane Jenkins and Janet Hershenson, casting directors. Uh, if you look at 100 movies, they probably cast 50 of them at least. Uh, Mitch Apley is a uh, documentary filmmaker who will be joining us after that. Douglas Day Stewart is the screenwriter and director who's king um, coming up at that point. Then Daryl Morey and I are going to re- reminisce about uh, the cult movie we were in uh, called Massacre at Central High. Daryl's an actor. Uh, he starred as David. I co-starred as Rodney, and we'll be talking about that on October 1st. David Brannon and Karen Warden from Phil Courage will be coming up. Eduardo Ballerini. Uh, will be joining us. We're going to talk about a movie that he directed as well, and he's now in Boardwalk Empire. Rick Overton will be joining us, and uh, Diane Nabatoff is a producer, so she's going to be uh, coming up. And that will take us a little bit into October, and then the rest you'll have to just check out the website. I'm talking today uh, with a delightful guest, Mr. Colin Ferguson, star of uh, sci-fi series Eureka, and uh, and we're back with Colin right now. Thanks, Colin. Hi. All right. So... Um, you and I were talking uh, a while ago about uh, 
your day. I mean, you know, in other words, you guys are, you've been on the show now, you're in your fifth season, so you're, you're working on your fifth season. The fourth season just ended on the air. And uh, you're there every day. Uh, it's a producer's medium. Does the directors come and go? It's a high-tech show. I mean, you've got lots of gadgets and, and different things. Um, so can you talk a little bit about how it is for, for you, the cast, and the crew with incoming directors? And sure. Yeah. How that works? Um, let me just touch briefly on what we were talking about before because we talked about so much of the, the heartache of, of the day-to-day right. job. Um, there are huge aspects of the job which are wildly enjoyable. We just didn't, you know, like the yeah, acting. Yeah, well, let's, let's, let's go. Yeah, let's go. With, I mean, please address what's important for you first. I mean, uh, yeah, you're right. The, there are highly rewarding <laughs> aspects to what you're doing. Yeah, the balance of the job is that, is that you know, you, you we, we really, you know, it sounds cheesy, but we're a family and the crew. I mean, you're with these people. You're with the crew more than the cast. I'm with the crew more than the cast um, for, you know, whatever, 14 hours a day. There, it's It's... You keep each other going. There's some really good laughs. There's some amazing good times. Uh, when a scene goes well, it's just brilliant. When you watch your co-star do something that they've never done before or nail something they usually, you know, struggle at, it, it, there's huge victories over the course of the day, and, and it makes it wildly worthwhile. It just want to present that idea as a counterpoint to the difficulty. They don't exist. Um, they exist with each other on a, on a film set. Just wanted to balance that out a bit. No, no, and I'm glad that you did because, I mean, I guess who would do it otherwise? <laughs> you know, I mean, if they, if they, if they, it'd be crazy too. But, uh, but no, I, I, I appreciate that very much. Well, before we actually answer the last question that I just asked you, let me ask you this: What is what is your season? I mean, what is your how? What is your actual working schedule? You're you're now doing the fifth season, but the fourth season just completed. How how how? What kind of shooting rate, schedule dates do you have? Well, this year we shot from um, mid mid late March or like early April until um, late June. Uh, then we took off six weeks uh, for the writers to sort of be able to catch up on scripts because they had to churn them out at a at a ridiculous pace. Um, so we took six weeks off for the writers, which was our hiatus. Then we came back and we shot from J- July 25th or 6th, probably to November 2nd. Um, then we're going to take off the the winter hiatus, uh, and come back again, I guess, in probably April. And we're going to do, for sure, 13. Um, no idea if it'll be 14 or 16 or, or whatnot. I'm hearing noise now that our back 10 might air next summer and not in January. No one really knows what that's going to be, but it would be – it's frustrating. It's as frustrating for us as it is for um, any fan of the show where we get momentum from the summer. You know, and, and things are going good, right. and things are going good, and then it just goes on ice until next summer. That's a really frustrating cycle. But it's also right. working. So I understand from the network point, they're like, well, it's working. So why would we change it? Um, so I, I see their point, but I, 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 you know, I'd prefer to be on the air more. I understand. Now, can I ask you this? For the, for the listener, you said the back ten. Can you kind of explain what that is for them? Oh, sure. Um, yeah, they split the season, so because uh, shooting straight through. Typically, it comes from the pickup orders, which is business affairs. So business affairs, when they pick up your show, typically it'll be for 13 episodes. That's, that's the front half. It's more than half. I know that. But it's, that's what they call the front half. Um, and then you have the back nine um, is where the, the, the terms come from. The back nine makes 22, 22 episodes in a season, typically. Um, on our show... We still use, use the terminology, but the numbers have changed. So on a 20-episode order, 
we have the front 10 and the back 10. The first 10 episodes are shooting hiatus, and the second 10 episodes are shooting. Now, you also uh, have, I, I just noticed when I was watching the finale that you've got a, an upcoming special, like, holiday or Christmas episode. Yeah, that was the that was episode 410, so fourth season, tenth episode. Um, and so I mean, we have nine that aired this summer, and, and the one that didn't is the Christmas episode, which is kind of nice. Okay, and then and then otherwise the fans would tune back in 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 July. For well, we, it's it's sci-fi, right? So they're a little they're they're they'll announce when they announce. You know, oh. they told us potentially January. That's still potentially oh. a lot, uh, but it might not. I mean, it's it's they won't. It's their when someone gives you like twenty million dollars to make a show, they get to call when it airs. You know, it's an, it's an awful lot of money to fork out for us. So, you know, you, you got to give them their their, uh, their business model that helps them make their model back. No, that's that's very true. But you know, it is it is a different day and age. I mean, it, it, when the networks ran things, you had, you know, maybe twenty two, twenty four, even up to I think they had even thirty six uh, episode seasons, and then you know you just had your your reruns during the summer, and then they'd come back in the fall. You know, and then you know, some of the channels like FX, I think, you know, have I don't know what I don't remember what the episode count is, but they'll run a show, and then they've got like four or five or six shows that run during that year. And uh, sci-fi cycles too. I mean, in other words, it's during your slot on a Friday night, or they would have another show for a period of time, and then you come back. It would be great to have you back in January. That would be That'd wonderful. Be great. I'd, I'd love that. We were. They call that, by the way. We were. Uh... You know, you go back five years ago when we started, uh, we were, they called it an interstitial, uh, which is a show that airs during the summer. It's in between the seasons. Um, but this year, uh, talking to the, the marketing guys and all the guys at Sci-Fi, they say it doesn't really exist anymore as a non-season because there's so much original programming over the summers now. With, right. you know, the, the Deadliest Catch and uh, White Collar was opposite um, Warehouse 13. And, like, the, the nights are full of original programming all summer. So I think ultimately uh, the networks are still going to be left scratching their head going, okay, well, where's the next break? You know, where's the next place that we can air this stuff? Right. So very good. I, 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 I want to go back and ask you that question again, if, that, if that's all right. And that was the, yeah. um, the one we talked about, you know, it being a producer's medium. And you're certainly a producer on the show, and you've directed an episode or more on the show. But the, but the idea is that the cast and crew – you know, you're a family, you, you know, you uh, know each other. Like you said earlier, you work with the crew maybe even more than the cast, but now you've got director. I mean, everybody, you know, I, I think the perception is, wow, we, you know, to, to work on television, you know, if I could just get this one TV director to notice me. Uh, but they're a hired gun. They could, they're, they're rotating directors or new directors just like they're guest stars, I, you know. So can you describe yeah. the, the uh, what it's like to uh, – to uh, the work as you guys do and then have new directors coming in for shows? Sure. I mean, we get, um, at this point, we've sort of honed it down to recurring directors. So they've been there before and, you know, we know them and they know us. And it, that just makes it easier because for the first three seasons, I guess, what will I say? I'll say for the first 36 episodes, we probably had 28 different directors. Uh, and the problem is they, they've never been on the set. So they come on and they go, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to do this. And you sort of have to go, yeah, that doesn't work in here. I know, I know. It seems like it would, but we've tried. It doesn't work. So usually we shoot it like this in here. 
you know, and, and introducing them to the different characters and the different um, personalities. And it just, it's a lot of effort um, with new directors. Um, you're right. Your friends are absolutely right. It's, uh, the directors don't have a say. Casting is all done by the producers. Um, as a director, you can, you say who you want, you know, like in the casting session, you, you say, I want, uh, here are my top three, you know, uh, this girl, this girl, and this girl, they're my top three. Um, and free, you know, free the producers, if they like your top three, they'll go, yeah, that's great. But I mean, make no mistake. If the producers look at the top three and go, no, I want this, then it's, it's, you know, choice number seven. If they choose it, that's what happens. So it's, um, you're a bit of a hired gun. The more you work with a group of people, obviously the more trust that's built up, the more trust that's built up, the more likely they are to say, we trust you, do what you need to do. We, we, we know you know what we need. Well, it's an interesting thing because on my show I have uh, Peter Marshall, who's a director for television, and and also uh, he's run two series for me on my show. One is the first AD series, uh, in which he he describes what the first AD does in a show, a movie or, or television, and then the director series, which we're working our way through. And he's he's very quick to point out that the directors need to, you know, if you're a new coming director or an incoming director in a TV show. Just like a, a newcoming cast member, you know, there's set etiquette, there's a, there's a certain protocol. You need to listen to the crew and the cast because they've been there all along and they know what to do, you know, and uh, and to kind of take their lead from them. And the ones that do, you know, will end up maybe working more than the ones that don't. And so it was interesting when, when you and I discussed this at first and, and we were talking at this point. You were like, yeah. You know, what about the tech stuff, though? You got all these little technical gadgets. How, how, how do you, what, what uh, can you, can you talk about some of that stuff? Um, sure. Well, I'll, do, I'll just touch about the director thing one, one more time. I'll yeah. do it sort of leading into the tech thing. Um, yeah, every he's right. Every set works differently. You know, I, if I was going to go and do another show, and I will uh, when I'm directing, I, what's I would want to go and shadow just for a bit, just to see how they deal with this, who's the personality that sort of dictates this and that, and, okay, so that's how you guys do this. And it's not a, a completely different language. It's just learning different sort of um, – it's almost like learning uh, um, protocol and politeness. Like, oh, what are the rules of etiquette here? Oh, okay, they're like that. All right, fine then. You know, and you bring what you, you – you can't adjust who you are in, um, in, in a large sense, but, you know, hopefully you'll fit. Uh, I was talking to Eric Lonneville, who's an Emmy-winning director. Uh, he did an, an Emmy-winning episode of Lost. And, you know, somebody was saying, oh, congratulations on your Emmy. And he's like, ah, I got a good script. <laughs> you know, there's at the end of the day, he's like, I do what I do. I do my best every single time on every single show. He's like, like sometimes you get a great script and everything just sort of falls together. There's, he's, he's an amazing director. He was being humble. Um, uh-huh. but, but it's true. I mean, you're, you're only as good as they'll let you be. Um, all of Eric's work is, is amazing. But if they're not going to let him do what he needs to do, you know, his hands are tied. Right. And, but, and, and it's, not, it's not sour grapes, you know, by any of the directors. Any of the directors are like, no, it's your show. And you, you, you t- all I do is I take the material, I shoot it, and then I give it back to you. You guys mm-hmm. edit it. So you better be happy with what you're getting. So you- uh, that comes down to the tech stuff leading into that with um, – you know, everybody does special effects differently. So uh-huh. they come on the show, and the guys who've never done special effects with us, we do, we, we do it every day. We know exactly how we do it. So sometimes a new director has a bit of difficulty um, understanding, you know, how, how, how we do it. Can you elaborate on some of that? I mean, some of the different effects that, like, 
I mean, earlier you even said you were hanging from your neck. I mean, <laughs> there are, yeah. but. Uh, yeah, any, you can hear my voice. Yeah, um, any, uh, oh, right. But any, any, any uh, anecdotes, you know, to, to, to uh, fill in for, for all of us when you say, you know, we do the special effects. Is there, do you have an example or, or something that we can talk about? Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, dealing with the green screen stuff, um, no. because, you know, if you're dealing with me, let's say I'm your actor on the green screen, I know that stuff cold. I've done 500 days of shooting on this show where every single day I've done special effects. If I didn't know it cold, I'd be an absolute moron at this point. I would have to be the stupidest <laughs> human being probably on the planet. To not, so I can sort of walk into it without any help and sort of go, yeah, it's this. Yeah, okay, what do you want? You want this? Right, got it. Let's shoot. You know, it just doesn't take very long. Um, but some of the directors come in and they're unfamiliar with um, some of the techniques. We're, we're obviously right on the cutting edge because we, we do it every day, all day long. Um, some of the directors might come from a show that, doesn't, that don't do special effects. They may come from a comedy background. They may come from, you know, maybe they're a friend of somebody who, so they'll walk on and go, okay, so we need to do, we need to, and I'll go, we need a clean plate. So you need a clean plate. You need the actors in there. You know, you've got to throw in the green screen. Simon's going to tell you what, what he needs in terms of shadow and reflection, and then, then you're good. And he'll go, so we run the whole scene? I said, no, you don't run the whole scene. You just need five seconds on this plate because it's a plate, you know. Maybe you know, give yourself. So it's sort of that that type of stuff. Is any of this making sense? Oh yeah, yeah, I, okay. immensely. And well, I was, and I, I don't want to, I don't want to cut you off, but I, it led me to while you're talking, I was thinking about this, and that is, I mean, a green screen. You know, you you set up your background in a green screen. It's it's different than, or isn't different than actually being, you know, on a location in a practical. I, I think that the, the the film actor's job so much differs from the stage actor's job in that. You know, you do a close-up, you may not have that actor there. You may be looking at something that was supposed to happen, you know, out a window at, at you know, a, a distance away, and that's not actually anything there at the moment. You know, you have to create the same effect as if, as if you were, as if it were in real time happening it that way. Is it, is it, is it much harder or, or just as easy as doing anything else when you're in front of a green screen? Um, it, it's, it's harder. Um, it becomes an exercise in... How articulate can you be um, with what your needs are and trying to tease out the needs of the director as well as the abilities and intentions of the special effects person, the representative who's on set. This year we have a guy named Simon who's representing Leviathan, the company that does our special effects. So it really is a mar- it's a sort of a marriage of communication. You, you, you know, there's the obvious stuff like, oh, you put a piece of tape on a piece of green screen and that shows you where your eye line is going to be. So if you have right. four people looking in a direction, they're all looking in the same direction, sort of right. basic and obvious. But it then becomes, okay, so it's an explosion. Is it a big explosion? Is there heat? Is there smoke? You know, does it hurt my ears? You know, and if you can get all that stuff out, the more specific you can be, and it sounds silly, but if there's smoke, maybe all of you are going to be blinking. If, it, if it's loud, maybe you're going to sort of be sinking your head into your shoulders because, oh, wow, it's a big noise. And if you don't ask those questions, you're going to get wildly different reactions from every actor. So um, visual effects becomes an exercise in, in as quickly as you can, as efficiently as you can, getting that information. Um, does that help? No, yes, absolutely. It's 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 all an impressive amount of information and, and an impressive amount of of all of the different skills 
that uh, is an actor you need to be aware of, but also the production team and the producers and the directors and, and, and how important communication is in, in making things go as smoothly as possible. Because you, on take one, if, if, if there's an explosion and action, you'll sort of get, oh, as a reaction. But if you can then go, okay, here's what it is. There's smoke. There's some heat you can feel. There's definitely wind. It's pushing you back a bit. And explosion. And you'll get a much better reaction. You'll get a much more cohesive feel to what the explosion was. So, you know, by, by, by doing that, it's night and day in terms of the reaction. You can see it when you're watching TV, when there'll be an explosion or something, and you'll go, oh, somebody's off the ball. I mean, they're just sort of standing there looking at a light, and you can, you can sort of tell. Uh-huh. Um, so, and, you know, I dropped the ball, too. I'm not saying I don't, but uh, you try to not. Well, as they say, every baker burns a loaf of bread, and every brickmaker breaks a brick, and every actor will drop a line or do something at some point. So, um, yeah. absolutely. But uh, well, that's fascinating. You know, we have literally maybe about fourteen or fifteen minutes left, and and uh, and uh, the comments in the in the chat room are are absolutely delightful, and they they um, you know are. Uh, they said, uh, one is Colin's level of awareness is staggering, uh, specifically self-awareness, and yet you seem so comfortable. You know, uh, their their comment was, I think I'd be crawling out of my skin, you know, with all of the, the things that you have to do. So, I mean, you you know, you it, it's you, you, know, you have to master the act of acting. I mean, you know, your own craft there and and be professional and as each of your cast members do and, and bring, you know, that to the table each time. But you also have another level of technical awareness that you have to accomplish. Yeah. And, yeah, uh, I, mean, I mean, I think as an actor, you're... You know, your, good, your best day as an actor never gets any better. Um, when you first start out and you're acting, your, your best day, it, that's what it, your best day is your best day. I think as you get more experience and you learn more of the technical, your worst days get better. Um, you blow less stuff. So, so I think the act of getting better as an actor is just bringing your worst day a little closer to your best day. Actually, that's, that's quite a, a standing uh, concept. I like that a lot. I think that the, 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 the earmarks the notion of being a professional is, is that your 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 best day re- can remain the same, but the bottom end gets rises up. The standard elevates, and that's that's a very cool concept. I like that. Um, yeah. No. Somebody asked though, uh, uh, switching the subject uh, uh, d- dramatically, but I do want to address it from the from the chat room. Uh, Don Woody says Eureka has a pretty tight social media community, especially on Twitter. Uh, how much do you think that has helped the popularity of the show? Um, no clue. I, I'm I'm not sure if it was a predisposed group of people who just you know found that they enjoyed talking to each other. I mean, definitely it's about the Twitter wars that um, Eric and Neil and Chris uh, <laughs> seem to get into on a, on a on a biweekly basis. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know if it's helped. I don't. I don't. I don't know. I just don't know. I can't speak to that. I don't know where the numbers come from. I think maybe it's got, got us a couple of viewers, but uh, maybe it's maybe what it's done is brought some new people to the show to check it out for the first time, and hopefully a couple of them stayed. If they stayed, it's because they like the show. So, you know, the popularity, re- the reason for the popularity would be the same, uh, but maybe it brought a couple new people. You know, uh, they're they're fun though those those little wars. Oh, very cool. Well, you also now. Oh, oh, let me jump back just for a second to deal with the other thing. I'm it's dealing with you know uh, because on set is chaos and it is the disposition of 
it's my disposition. I'm very comfortable in chaos. I, I like, um, I don't like it in my relationships, but I like it. Um, like on set when there's 45,000 pieces of information flying at you at the same time, it's really fun for my brain. My brain really likes it. Uh, sort of like, wow, I wonder if I could actually catch every piece of information. You know, I, I, sort of, I, I there, there, there's a joy in that for me. I'm seeing how much of it I can actually uh, take in and learn. And, and as, you, as the years go by, you get better and better at it. Um, uh, and, and as well, just to deal with this sort of in defense of, of, of the tantrums that you hear, um, most notably, obviously, the Christian Bale, you know, tantrum. Um, everybody blows their stack at a certain point. The focus puller, the DP, the cameraman, the actor, you're, you're in a, 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 a tiny room with people for 14 hours a day. At a certain point, everybody blows. Uh, it's instantly forgiven. Um, on our set, everybody apologizes when they blow their stack, and you just and it's sort of nice when someone blows their stack because you go, okay, whoo, you know, even that person blew, wow, and it sort of releases tension for everybody. You're like, wow, okay, wow, glad it was them because I was getting pretty close, <laughs> you know. Um, sure. So, th- though that sort of behavior isn't tolerated and isn't acceptable, sort of not dissimilar to being in a relationship, you're you're married to these people. So you, they apologize, and it just goes away. Um, just, I'm just saying basically go easy. If you ever hear somebody blows their stack on set, don't judge them too hard. Um, guarantee you 20 minutes later the crew was like, great, let's shoot, and everybody's laughing again. That's so an it's, excellent, it's, excellent point. So, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, glad, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I just, I just, I'm really glad that you addressed it. That's an excellent point. There's a lot of pressure and a lot of things at stake, and, and, and you're right. I mean, and people are, you know, are, are in there, as you've described, for so many hours, and, uh, and yet they've, they all have come to know each other and understand that sometimes, you know, the valve gets released and, and then it's back to business. And you're working for the same end. You're working for the end of the shooting day. Everybody wants to go home at 13 and a half. So, Invariably, when somebody blows, it's because, you know, they go, damn it, why isn't this, you know, blah, 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 come on, we got to, you know, and they'll, they'll blow their stack that way. But everyone, you'll have a bunch of people going, yeah, exactly, fix that. I'm tired of this. I want to go, you know, so it's it, when, when someone, you know, and who we take, 19 times out of 20, 99 times out of 100, you do it politically and appropriately and diplomatically and correctly. But every now and then somebody goes about it incorrectly. And and uh, those moments are just as important sometimes to let the director know that he's that he's he's overcovered a scene. You're done. You don't need any more coverage. You're done. Come on. We've been here for 16 hours. You, you know, sometimes you have to hit it a little harder to have your point made. So I forgive everybody is what I'm saying. Well, that, that's, that is very cool. Now, again, we have, you know, at the outside 10 minutes. And uh, I just because. I mean, I have other questions I want to ask you, but I, I want to be sure that, that, that you talk about anything that's near and dear to your heart or or anything that you wanted to elaborate on further uh, where I might have cut you off or, or something like that. Oh, no. Um, I mean, gosh, we could, well, well, we'll do this again, I'm, I'm sure. Um, I, I directed a movie that's coming out. It's called Triassic Attack. That's coming out on the Sci-Fi Saturday thing, which is really fun. So this Saturday? Here. Not this Saturday, no. It's like in four weeks or so. Oh, okay. Well, geez, yeah, we have to talk about that. <laughs> yeah, shooting in another language and uh, directing in another That's interesting. You, you were in Bulgaria? Is that the... Yeah, that's right. Yeah, there for the last summer. Well, we should say that on Facebook you, you had posted a, a production 
uh, I don't remember, a call sheet or a production uh, like vlog with some fo- some footage that people could go. Yeah, and look they, at. they put that together. They had a camera on set the whole time, and they're putting they're putting out one two minute clip um, for every single day of production that we had, and and they're actually. I mean, I don't know how entertaining. They're, they're really amazing for me to watch because I made so many good friends and. Uh, uh, just watching, you know, a year ago, it makes you wistful, you know, for, for the chaos and the, and the uh, you know, the good times that you had. So I really enjoy them, and I hope that people who watch them do as well. They're really fun. They're really well put together. Is there any um, any way, is there a website or anything we can, we can um, uh, mention or uh, post in the chat room or I can put on my, uh, on my uh, website to uh, let people know more about, the, uh, about your show coming up? Sure. Yeah, I guess if, if you YouTube, um, if you do a search in YouTube for Triassic Attack, it comes up, which is which is the best way to go about it, I would say. Um, okay. I'll see if I can find it. I have a website. I should probably put it on there. Um, yeah. Sorry. And, and while you're for at it, you can tell us. Run website, so I'm, um, yeah. And while we're at it, you can tell us your website address if you want people to go to I it. Don't even, I don't. I, ColinFerguson.net, I think. Uh, not Colin, <laughs> there, there's a space in there somewhere. I've been busy. It's not my fault. No, uh, I, we completely understand. So Triassic is T R I A S S I C. Triassic. Uh, Triassic. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. Well, it, it, we'll let them fend for themselves, and, and they'll find it. But and, and then meanwhile, if, if uh, I get the information from you, you know, I'll, I'll post it at any time. That's okay, fantastic. Cool. That's fantastic. Um, and again, you know, we're now at like that six or seven minute point. And um, uh, but you all, and, and I want to. We could come. Uh, everybody in the chat room is asking that you come back, and and uh, certainly I'd love to have you come back and talk about directing the movie and and or producing Eureka and directing episodes there as well. Um, well, I'd love to come back. And hey, you know, out there, anyone with a question, like like. Um, the more nitty gritty, the more. How does this work? How does lunch work? You know, all that stuff. Um, it, I'm an open book when it comes to this stuff. So any question you have, I'll I'll answer. Um, and that's I, yeah. No, no, go ahead. That's fantastic because I always tell people, and I and I didn't this show, but I always tell people they can always email their questions in too. If they're not in the chat room, they can email in advance. They can just go to rexsykes.com, go to the contact page, and they click on that contact it'll open up an email window they put your name in the subject header and then the questions that they have for you body the email then when we're on the air whether they can listen live or not then then i can ask those questions of you and um and, that and, way and i can... won't i won't give you a pat answer i'm not going to give you the I'll, I'll give you the real answer if uh ugly or not uh, i'll it'll be actually how it goes down for us um so i, I love i love sharing information i think it's really important um particularly about uh television and film because it, it's a uh, I don't know. There's there's so much illusion that goes out that I, I find people find what really goes down um, interesting, and it's how I spend most of my life. So I, I I love sharing how it goes down. Oh, that's fantastic, and I'm so glad that you're doing it here on on uh, Movie Beat because the you know, the goal of the show, as you know, is is to just pull back that veil and demystify and provide insider information and secrets and tips and suggestions and advice and you know what to do, what not to do, and and so many things can go right. 
and people don't know what they are, and so many things can go wrong, and they need to find another way to do it. And, and the goal is always to help people you know, make their projects faster, smarter, uh, less expensively, and not have to reinvent the wheel. So I really appreciate you taking the time that you do uh, and the, the care that you give with each answer that you've provided today and that you will in the future. I, I really do appreciate it, Colin. It is absolutely wonderful, and it is fantastic, and I'm so thrilled that you're here. Oh, cool. Well, also, let, let me just say about uh, – here, here's something for you then about yep. just about what you said, how people making the project. Cast an actor who knows what they're doing. Like, as much as that breaks the heart of a bunch of people out there who go like, oh, sure. no, I'm just starting out. I, I'm, but it's this weird uphill – I mean, when I, I started out and I, I, I was an extra for – I got a couple jobs as an extra just to get on set to see how it works. And I wasn't sitting back talking to people uh, and saying I was an actor. I was I was de- I was watching them light. I was watching them mark. I was trying to learn as much as I could. Um, do that. You, you get a job as an extra and go on that. Don't and and learn and, and watch and, and talk to people that still talk to talk to you. Um, everybody knows the audition process is the worst process out there. It's compl- It doesn't. All the skills that I was tested on in the audition have nothing to do with the skills that I need to make the show. Um, nothing. So it's 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 a barbaric process. Um, but for those of you who are behind the camera casting and auditions, do try to cast people who, who, who know what they're doing. It'll save you so much time. I, I'm glad you said that. I can't, I, and I mentioned this before in the show. I can't tell you how many times I'm looking at Craigslist or Mandy or some kind of you know, bulletin board looking for actors for a show, and they go, no experience needed. <laughs> I'm like, whoa. I'm done. Yeah. You know, and, and I mean, they even say that sometimes you'll see that for, you know, a cinematographer or a grip or a gaffer or a lighting person or something. So no experience needed. Like, you know, anybody can hold, a, you know, a pole with a microphone. But, but you yeah. know that that's not true. I mean, you're relying on professionals, and the, and the more professional um, that somebody is when they come to the set, the, the easier. I mean, even then there are horrible things that can go wrong, you know, or delays. Sure. And, and so, you know, but opening it up that you don't need any experiences, I, I believe just a a tremendous mistake in calculating. And, yeah, and a, and a professional can be defined as somebody you can talk to like an adult. Um, <laughs> if you need to over by the window because you want to shoot over by the window, a professional is someone you can go, hey, uh, can you start by the window? As opposed to, um, you know what, I think your character might want to be looking out the window right now. It's like when somebody says that to you, you're like, are you kidding? My character <laughs> might want to be looking out the window. Right? Like, come on. Don't, don't, you want me over by the window? Let's just start there. Uh, like, yeah, I'll, uh, yeah, if I can do it, I'll go over by the window for you. If there's some weird reason why I can't, like my character can't know what's going on outside the window right now, then that's different. But, um, yeah, a, a professional you can talk to like an adult, and that's what you win. Wow, wow. Well, you have you have been so generous with your time and with your information. And, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to a future show or shows with you where we can uh, address more of these things. And just, just what you said right now, just the kind of communication that's important for someone to talk to you or to address you, you know, or another crew member or cast member, um, you know, are all topics that can be, you know, absolutely further delved into and and explored because um, you, you're a director, so you know how you want to be communicated with. You know how you need to direct, you know, communicate with your cast and crew. And I think that's the... You know, a, 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 again, a great topic for a, a future show that we could do together. So I, I, I just can't thank you enough, Colin. Oh, great! Anytime, give a call and we'll do it. We'll do it whenever, uh, whenever we can make it work. 
All right. So uh, just so that the audience knows, uh, we will be having Mr. Colin Ferguson come back. He and I will schedule the show. We'll let you know uh, when that's going to be. Now, he's, you're busy shooting right now. You said up until November. Yeah. Yeah, we were, we're our last four episodes. So, I mean, if, if we can get it in before that, that would be great. If not, it'll be after that time. But, but I am so uh, delighted that you were here today, Colin, and have a fantastic rest of a Sunday. Is there any closing word? Oh, let me say that the ColinFerguson.net, uh, Gaffer Girls have provided the link and you. For, for you, as well as Little Hermes provided the Triassic Attack on YouTube in the chat room so we can copy those links. And, and, and people, you know what? The people who are in the chat room right now, if you go retweet this information and you tell people that, hey, Colin Ferguson was on uh, Movie Beat today and that it was a, a wonderful time, and you share that with your friends and your industry connections on Twitter or Facebook or MySpace or your favorite means, that would be fantastic. Leave, co- leave comments right where you are, and, and that will further our reach to people who may not have heard the show. Colin, Again, you're a special guest, a special treat. Uh, I'm uh, so glad that uh, you were here. My kids will listen to the show. They're going to be thrilled. Um, they're 8 and 12, and they love the show. So <laughs> just cool. big fans. Um, and so do I, and, and so do the guests in the chat room. Thank you very, very much. The, 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 the chat room um, is all very delighted uh, with you, and, uh, again, so am I. So thank you. All right. Thanks, guys. Take care. Have a good day. Hey, you too, Colin. Take care. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Well, that was Mr. Colin Ferguson, and again, a delight uh, that uh, he was a straight shooter right from the hip. He tells it like it is, and if you want to, uh, in the future, ask questions of Colin, he will be back. And uh, go ahead, get to the contact page on my website and open that email up and write your questions right there in the body of the letter. This show, as all shows, are stored. Uh, on my website in the interviews blog, you go to the interviews blog, you click on the link of the guest whose name you know, appears there on the faceplate or in the archives, or you search my guest name right there where you can search. Uh, you type in their name, it'll come up. It'll open up a biography page so you can read about them. And inside the biography page is a bolded link to either listen live or to listen to the archive show. So this, this show will be archived there. You can steer people that way. Also, it's available as a podcast uh, at iTunes, absolutely free, Rex Sykes Movie Beat, uh, free show. And uh, I spell my name S-I-K-E-S. <laughs> it's Rex Sykes, S-I-K-E-S. Dot com is the official uh, website. You can become a member, I'm sorry, of the Rex Sykes Movie Beat group, but you can become a friend of the Rex Sykes Movie Beat friends by uh, finding it on Facebook. My Twitter address is Rex Sykes Movie BT. The last word is abbreviated. That's BT, Rex Sykes Movie BT. And uh, please stay tuned. Uh, please keep sharing this information. Make us a favorite. Follow us. Make us a friend right now where you're listening live. Uh, Rate and review the shows here as well as at the podcast because that helps us extend our reach. And keep sharing this website and these interviews with all your friends and contacts. Again, tweet about Colin because I think this was a fabulous interview and, and that helps a lot. All right, everybody, have a fabulous day. Make your movies, complete your projects. Next up is Christopher Lockhart. He's coming back, I think, for the fourth time. might be the third time. Coming <laughs> coming back uh, to talk about producing movies. He's the story editor from William Morris Endeavor, and he's given so much career advice about writing and about uh, career. Uh, he's going to come back but talking about producing. So make your movies, complete your projects. Until we meet the next time, that's a wrap. <laughs>